You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of Black Women Drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to this week's episode of She's Got Drive and um, and to the second episode of the year. I am excited about this episode. It is an episode that I've wanted to do with this lifestyle blogger called Jackie Nickelberry for a while. And I just love that we managed to get it together and and schedule the time to spend some time to talk about styling your life. And this conversation is broad. So we talk about styling on the outside, but we're talking about how the impact of that on the inside and how it reflects on the outside and its broader sense and what does it mean for us um, and the choices that we're making. You know, if there's um, three words that come to mind when I think about Jackie in this um, conversation, it's courage, it's vulnerability, and um, and fun as well, and vibrancy. There's four, actually, four words for her. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And it's really thought-provoking, very, very powerful, rich, rich conversation that we have. So I'm excited about that. And before we get into the interview with Jackie, I want to share what's driving me this week. And so, you know, I'm still working on my 2019 goals, as well as being back in contact with my clients and doing some client work and really getting into it. It's ramping up already, you know. Um, I'm having a good month. I'm having a really good month. I've already put myself in a program to develop myself in an area that I want to focus on and the area of my business I want to cause. So I am in, you know, and um, and I think that sometimes we, when we're creating our life, you know, do we stop to think about what's it actually taking to create the life that I want? You know, I really have a wonderful life. I have a beautiful life. There's, and I look around and there's lots of people with just really beautiful lives, you know, from where I'm sitting. But as I was thinking about already what it's taken for me to create my year and what I want to cause and all that it's taken to get to the life that I have today, it reminded me of this quote from Dr. Maya Angelou. And, you know, if you know me and follow me, I love Dr. Maya's wisdom and live by it. And one of the things that it, one of the things that she has said is that we delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. And so we are always ever evolving and changing and growing um, to have this beautiful um, life that we have inside and out. And, and as we look at others, I wonder if we can stop and pause and not just um, and think about what is it that it's taken from them and maybe get curious about that what is it it's taken from them to have this beautiful life that they have so I've been really reflecting on that that's been in my thoughts um, this week and I wanted to share that with you and now 
it's review of the week time. I wanted to um, share this review. It's someone that I've known from the past who, um, who also sent this message to me. And I appreciate you so much, Karen. Um, it was so lovely to hear from you. It's been a long time. We worked together way back, way back. It feels like it was a few years ago now um, before I moved to the US. So that's how long that was. I've been here for six years now. So, And um, I wanted to share that. Big shout out to you. And what Karen says is, hello from Edinburgh. I've been enjoying your podcast, Shirley. Love your style, openness, humility, and how you share your joy and sadness. I'm sitting pondering your 2018 review questions as I re- as I am as I ready into a fresh year. Thank you for the inspiration. Love Karen. Thank you Karen for that. Thank you for sending me that message and um I invite you to and and want to review and rate the show. It, the the ratings and the reviews are growing. It helps grow the show. Send me your messages about what you're getting from the show. So head over to iTunes and um, in your browser or through your phone if you've got got an an iPhone and rate and review the show. It allows us to grow the show and um, and I'm loving that it's expanding every every week. So thank you so much for everyone who's put out a review. And if you send me a message and a review, I will read it out on the show. Okay, so now let me introduce you to Jackie. Now, Jackie is the creative force behind the lifestyle website, Jackie Unfiltered, and she has a YouTube channel called Jackie Unfiltered TV, and it's on fashion, food, and fitness. She's frequently invited to to be a speaker at conferences and events, and for the last 10 years, she worked with the Apollo Theatre to raise money to support the Apollo's art education programs, which provide opportunities to over 10,000 students annually. In 2016, Jacqueline became involved with Honey Shine Inc., providing character development programs to thousands of young women from under-resourced communities. Formerly, Jackie, Jackie was um, practiced in employment law in New York City. She earned her JD from Georgetown University Law Center and gained a BA from Spelman College in 1999. I think you're going to love this interview. It is uh, so many valuable lessons for us as women. So I give you Jackie. Jackie, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive and sitting in our guest chair this week. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am. um, It's been a while that I've wanted you to be a guest on my show. So I'm really excited that you're you're here and we're finally getting to sit down and have a a chat. Um, Why don't you start by sharing with our listeners, my listeners, what you do and how you came to be doing what you're doing. So what I do, that's such a hard question because um, at one point in my life, there was such a clear answer to what I did. I was a lawyer. I went to law school and I practiced law in New York city. Then I stopped practice law. Then I took, I took a break. I took a sabbatical Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years and um, and then entered this kind of really strange phase. I got involved with philanthropy um, and really took some time to, I lost my mom when I was really young and took some time to grieve and um, just took some time off from life. And during that time off, I discovered that I had all these passions for things that were really aesthetic 
Mm-hmm. So for um, for fashion, for food and the way that it tastes, but not in the food in a normal sense of the way, like food in terms of how do you take flavors that are that are um, traditional and how I grew up. I have a Creole African American background, so mm-hmm. that very kind of soul food, spicy Creole food, and make it healthier. I got involved with fitness. I took thousands of fitness classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in beauty, I learned how to do my own makeup. I kind of really bonded with the makeup artists. Um, I worked on um, decorating two houses. And so really, I kind of, my sensories were overloaded during this time with textures and colors and taste and having a real connection with my body through the workouts. Um, and so a friend of mine actually said to me, I had all of this information and I became the girl that, or the woman that women would come to and they would say, you know, I need a, I need a dress. I have an event to go to like tonight in four hours. Like, how can you, like, do you know where I can get one? Or, you know, I want to get my makeup done or I need a chair and this rug or like, what about this lipstick? I, like, I became that woman for friends. Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine, a friend of mine said, you should figure out a way to monetize this or figure out a way to, you know, put this out into the world. There's value here in having this knowledge. Um, so I started, so then I, so you asked me what I did. I, I have a lifestyle blog. It's called Jackie Unfiltered and it's on fashion, food, and fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot bigger than that. It's also about living one's um, most true and authentic life. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult to have fashion and style and live in a home that you want that has the right, you know, no matter how it's decorated, but has the right energy if you're not in tune with yourself and the people around you. Right. So I did that. And then. I am, you know, highly involved in the community. I sit on, you know, a board of a school here in New York, of a performing arts school here in New York, which really feeds into what I consider to be my life's work that, um, you know, I was raised by fantastic human beings who are no longer here on earth, but, you know, but I was raised by people who were like, you're smart, you're personable, like you go to school to do something, right? So you go to school Mm -hmm. to like be something and that's, be an accountant or be a lawyer or be whatever. Um, and either, although I was, you know, very good at theater and the arts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm involved in Harvard School of the Arts because I think that every child, no matter what zip code you live in, should have an opportunity to be creative in some way, form or fashion. So that's what I do. I run a lifestyle blog and I'm involved with lots of philanthropy um, and I'm trying to make a difference in the world. Great. Great. Well, um, you know, when people go to your blog and go to your Instagram and um, really can see the the style, the vibrancy that comes out and your Insta stories as you share the many different recipes around your your food. It's, your, it's a kind of, um, I want to say it's a health food blog. <laughs> it really is how we inspire to take on our health and well-being in a way that's um intentional intentional yeah that's great that's really great word yeah so and it's all and and one of the things that's attracted me to your work as well is the sense of um color that comes with that the self-expression that comes with that and um the fun that comes with that as well as and the authenticity that comes with it. So how did you start with the style? 
piece really what got you into that and and what's then distinguish for us the difference between fashion and style because I believe they're different yeah Um, they're totally different I, I think you can start there I mean fashion is fashion is what you buy right I mean I think that fashion is fashion or trends like there's a fashion business fashion is the Pantone color of the year and what color they're pushing at you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fashion is really the business of selling merchandise to you um, for you to adorn your, you know, your body. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think fashion also happens in your home as well. Um, and style is, uh, I think what, what happens when you put meaning to those items. Mm-hmm. Right. And so style is, style is, how you present yourself and style is something that comes from really the inside. Yeah. You know, do you, do you look comfortable in your own skin? And I think that can happen in Chanel or Target. Right. right? That's right. Um, That's right. That, right. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things to say is that I think it's, I'm so, inc- I mean, I mean, I love fashion. Let's just say this. Like I love, I say all that to say that, you know, I'm not trying to be just, I love well-made clothes. I love accessories. I love putting it together. I love having time to just play in my closet and think of the different options. Mm-hmm. I love the thrill that, you know, I get when I put on something that, you know, I feel good in, I look good in. Like I love fashion, right? But I think one of the saddest things ever is when I see a woman out and I know she's got on an expensive dress because I just know what I've seen it. You can tell. I mean, you can just, you can, no, no, one thing you cannot do is, I mean, you know, with high fashion, there's just a quality that goes along with it. Right. So you can tell, so you know, and then, and it just looks awful on her, right? It just looks awful because, or him, because it's, it's just, it doesn't fit well, or it's just not their style, or it's the wrong color, or it's the wrong cut, or, right. Or, or he or she just doesn't look comfortable in it. It's like someone convinced them to wear feathers when they're really like a little black dress type of girl. Yes. Um, you know, so I am, um, so style is really, how do you take all the things that are being offered to you in a very commercial world and make it your own mm-hmm. and own it? And so um, how I developed my own style was there's a process, I think that, You know, I believe that my mother died when she was 49 and I was 20. And I would say that my style was, I went to Spelman College and I would dare to say that when I entered Spelman, I did not have great style. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I, you know, and I believe that like every, because I lost my mom so young, you know, you always, you, I believe that every woman learned how to dress from their mother, learned how to put on mascara and you know, wear clothing and that I missed that. And so I was always constantly, I was always conscious in my twenties that for everything that I wasn't going to get from my mom, that I could hire, hire it out to someone. Right. So mm-hmm. what I've subsequently learned is that people don't learn that from their mother. Right? <laughs> that, like, most people, right. Like that is what I subsequently learned that even if, and my friends who have super stylish mothers, um, they, they're generally like a rift between them. Like there's some like, right. so like, it's, it's fraught with, it's a complicated, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. Even like, um, like one of the things my mum was someone who always wore color and patterns and she, um, she was a seamstress. So she made her own clothes. So she did give us, she did teach us about style and she taught us about, 
have things fit and she taught us about fabrics and yeah you know drapery and so there's lots of things that I have learned a lot about um style and clothing and how to get the best fitting clothing I've got I got a lot of that from mum and what I didn't hear it was my was her love of color and her love of patterns in the same way because a lot of my clothes are black but I think you can be inspired by someone and not replicate them right right I mean, I think that's what I tell. I mean, you know, I probably shouldn't wear half the things that I wear. <laughs> I, so I don't suggest that other people try to replicate it. Where I think women go wrong is they, they're splurging on the wrong pieces, right? Like, I don't, I'd be honest with you, I don't splurge on shoes. Like, I'm not a shoe person. Um, because, I mean, I've, I, you know, I have some nice shoes. I have great shoes. And I'm, mostly because I'm a hard fit. But also... I just feel like shoes go in and out of style mm. and they may or may not fit. And I definitely wouldn't spend a ton of money on a pair of shoes that that's uncomfortable. That makes no sense to me. Like when you see a woman walking around in a pair of, I won't name them, but you know what they are and they, you know, and they look uncomfortable. Like right. that, like style is being comfortable. Style is feeling great. Now I tell all that story to say that, you know, I've honed my eye. And so I could also go into, I could go into a Zara, I could go into, you know, a Bloomingdale's, I could go into an H&M and find a really great dress, right? In terms of like style and fit mm -hmm. for myself or someone else. And then I know I've got to take it directly to a tailor. Um, every woman should have a tailor on speed dial. I don't care what, <laughs> no. I don't care what income bracket you're in. I don't care where you live. I would get my underwear tailored if I thought it would make a difference. <laughs> I ended up a tailor on speed dial. Because I am, yes. A, a, a good tailor can make an inexpensive dress look like couture and can and can make a couture dress look like it was meant for you to have. So, I mean, you know, so you can find a great, but, but that also takes finding, you know, shopping really, you got to know yourself. You have to, you have to spend some time. And so how I, you know, my personal style, I also think that women don't spend enough time getting to know themselves. I look great in red. Like red is one of my colors. Right. I do not look good in yellow. I think you would look smashing in yellow. You've got this beautiful, darker skin. I think you would look so beautiful in yellow. So I think you have to figure out some time. You have to figure out time to figure out what colors look good right. on you. What right. silhouettes look good on you. What's but and not only what silhouettes look good on you, but what silhouettes do you feel good in? Exactly. Yeah, you need to be able to like I a fit and flare dress fits me all day, every day off the rack. I can put it on. I feel great in it. I know how to style it. No brainer for me. I'm not really into a bodycon dress, not because it doesn't look good on me. I, you know, I, you know, not because I don't lot, lot. I'll say that to women and I'll be like, oh, my God, you have such a great figure. Like my figure has nothing to do with whether or not I feel good in clothing. Or right. Not, right. Right. It has like I, you know, when I, if I wore a bodycon dress out, I would be tugging on it all the time. I would be looking in the mirrors to make sure nothing was poking out. I'd be worried about are my shoulders back and is my stomach, t you know, I, I would be worried about looking good. And the last thing you want to do is be worried about whether or not you look good in a piece of clothing. Yeah, but it's it once you're out, you want to just be out, right? Enjoying whatever you're doing versus absolutely second guessing 
yourself all the time, which is what you're kind of alluding yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, so my, my personal style is based upon having a deep sense of knowing who I am, you know, what I want to be that day or that night, you know, like what mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, you know, as you know, I go to a lot of evening events, like what, you know, like, what am I, you know, tonight, what am I trying to portray? Now, I do have a saying about this. I have no problem being overdressed. I, I'm, <laughs> I am, oh, oh, I am overdressed and underbothered all the time. I really want to join you in that. I think that I'm so, I think that's one of the things that is a, if there's a learning edge for me, one of them is in my, my exploration around different color, but the other learning edge for me would be being un, really unbothered. I'm less bothered than I used to be, particularly in my workspace, where in my work clothes, I used to have a lot of concern about what I was wearing, what did it communicate, what it, and, and, and of course it's about being appropriate in different workspaces, but the le- what appropriate means for me is much broader than it used to be. I used to be much more conservative in my workwear, I think, as I was young, when I was certainly when I was younger, and as I've got older, I'd care less. But that the notion of being overdressed and unbothered, I love that, and I think that I would. That's one of the things I'd love to embrace a bit more. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Women don't feel good. And I'm only, I'm going to particularly talk about women and not, not because I don't think that it doesn't, it's not relatable to men, but women don't feel good because they don't grant themselves permission to indulge in self-care enough to feel good. Mm. And so that it's and self-care is not just the, the workouts that you're doing. Self-care is thinking about the the clothes that you're going to put on your body. So you know, and granting yourself permission and the grace to do that and not feeling like it's trivial or menial or whatever, like taking yourself 15 to 20 minutes, you know, the week before, the night before, you know, an event or even just your day, you know, I think every time you enter into the world, the other thing that's really helped in my style, to be honest, is this whole idea of social media, right? So I think that whether or not you're on social media or not, you should you know, if you're really trying to hone your style or maybe you've got great style, maybe you're trying to like try a new silhouette. Like this season, women seem to like this whole idea of like a chunky tennis shoe with a dress. Maybe you want to see if that like look works for you. Right. You know, try it on and have the salesperson snap a picture of you or your husband or your kids snap a picture of you. And not just from the front, but from the sides, from the back, like as you walk forward, because clothes need to move with you. Right. If you're a commuter, um, maybe that's a great look for you. Maybe this like takes you, you know, like takes you out. If you're someone that, you know, if you're not, I mean, thinking about that, like really trying to, so social media for me is like really helped my style because like taking all these pictures, you know, I began to see, I was like, oh, I was like, I really, you know, I really thought I could pull off that. I'll see the photo and I'll be like, oh, no, girl, no, girl, no. That trend is not like the tennis shoe and midi skirt look. Not for me. I wore it a couple. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. That's, you see that the tennis shoe with um, a dress looks good on, on me. It's, it's yes, a look that weird. It's a, it's one of my looks. It's one of my looks. No, so I, so a tennis shoe and a dress. If it's above, the dress needs to be above the knee, looks good on me. 
but like that whole like midi length, I need a heel because yeah. of my height. Because I'm five right. three, right? But I wouldn't have known that. I, girl, I thought I looked cute when you went to hell. I was like, oh, I'm cute. I was like, I got this belt bag on and this like, oversized sweatshirt and tennis shoes. Like, I look cute. And I walked in somewhere and the hostess told me I look cute. No, I looked, I looked trendy. I did yes. not look cute. Like when I saw the photo, I totally look on trend. Like belt bag, tennis shoe, the skirt. It was like it was a pattern skirt. You know, it was like all oh, I looked on trend, but I didn't look like I didn't it, it wasn't a flattering look for me, right? right. It didn't, like when right. I saw it, I was like and, and like the I wouldn't have known that if I girl, if I wasn't trying to take a cute picture for <laughs> social media. So <laughs> so there wasn't a so yeah, so I learned you know, I kind of learned, but you know, but here's the, like the beauty of like, at least my social media, I'm not afraid to mix my, you know, let my failures. Sure. So, like, right. I think really taking some pictures and spending some time and granting yourself the permission to understand your style is really important for women. Right. The so way you, when you talk about that, it reminds me of the times when I'm working with my clients, my, um, usually my female clients, when, um, I'm not intentionally looking at issues around style, but as they go through their own transformation, what starts to happen as I go through my period of time working with them is they start to shift what they're wearing. They start because the internal transformation is then meaning that what they have been wearing is no longer a fit for them. And it's, it's so interesting when I turn up sometimes at the at a new meeting and someone's got on a, a vibrant jacket on and before they'd never wear that or figure hugging jacket and they'd never wear that or something that which she's saying you can look at me now you can see me whereas the clothes be before was more about hiding and so when you say that it really is the in the time the our clothes and so when we speak about this and one of the reasons why i wanted you on the show is People can look at fashion stroke style and say that it, it it kind of can be frivolous and it can be, it can be light, it can be playful, of course. But there's something as you, that you're speaking about, it's, it's, a, it's an expression of who we are and what we're putting out in the world and, and, and what we're communicating about who we are as well, as well as the kind yeah, of... So I push yeah. back on this whole idea of frivolous. There wouldn't be a multi-billion dollar business around fashion, beauty, magazines, aesthetic, if it was frivolous, right? right? If, it, if it didn't matter. Right. And so I think what I think what women do to themselves is that we try to play down the things that matter to us because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a great example. Any, so I'm married to a man who, who travels all the time. He gets a haircut every week. Like, I don't care how busy he is, what 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 deals he has going on, where in the world he is. No apolo- no apologies to anybody, no like why he gets his haircut. So why is it as a woman he wears like he wears well-appointed, well-made custom suits? Right. Unapologetic about that. So why is it as women when we say to ourselves, because it's more varied, right? It's not just suits and a haircut. It's right. casual versus dressy versus gay. Like, I, I will love that, you know, women will come up to me. And I think because I've, like, put myself out there so much, I think it's so, it's fascinating now, like, when you when you say, women will come up to me and they'll whisper, like, they'll be out and they'll say, 
oh, I, I wish I had the time to think about my style, right? Like that. I wish I had the time. Well, two things are happening. A, you're you're trying to make me feel small because I care about style, mm-hmm. right? That, that's one thing that's happening, which when women feel threatened or um, when they're not necessarily good at something or when they want to improve on something, one of the ways that we lash out is that we want to make others feel small, right? right. I think that women do that. Um, which is something I really hope we correct in this next generation. But um, I think that's that's the one thing that they're doing. The other thing that they're doing is they're voicing that in the 24 hours a day that they're given, that they can't find time to spend 10 minutes, because that's really what we're talking about, 10 minutes figuring out, like, how do you want to present yourself the Mm -hmm. rest of the day? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is, is that, a, I'm you're you're calling me frivolous for the very thing that you want, right? So you right. feel like you need to make me smaller for you to feel bigger, and then B, you're giving like you're you're putting a stamp of approval on the fact that you've decided that you don't make your list. Yes, and, yes. You know, Put yourself on your own list. Yeah, like you've stamped oh. and like you're stamping that. Like you're saying you're saying, oh, I wish I had the time like you or. You know, or a woman will come up and say to me, or just the opposite, a woman will come up and she'll she'll say exuberantly, um, you know, like I, you know, you've made me rethink my style, like you've made me, you know, feel like she she will say that, you know, I know that you're a lawyer by training and you've made it okay. I've always wanted to have this more creative, artistic side to me, and you've you've made it okay. Right. And I always and I and I, I find that to be truly ironic. Right. The whole idea that our parents sent us to school was that we would have more options. That yes. We would have more freedom to do what we wanted to do. But the degrees and and all of these those opportunities are actually limiting us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think there's also something about as women of color, black women, when we can get overly concerned because. Of course, with when you're particularly when you're operating in spaces where you're the only one, and you think, mm-hmm. "Well, I stand out already. Do I want to stand out anymore?" But the other side of it is, you stand out already. So why not stand out and be fabulous in, in the things yeah, you really want to wear? Because you're going to stand out yeah, anyway. I mean, look, and here's some of the tips for like how you can get that done for busy women. Right. Every this is like actual like actual usable information. Every store. From Bloomingdale's to H&M to Bergdorf's to Saks has personal stylists for free. You can email the store, tell them you're looking for someone to book an appointment, right? Mm -hmm. Take two hours on a Sunday or Saturday or three hours, book an appointment, give them your measurements, send them a photo, tell them you want someone to help you. Like you can literally do this from every price point. And go in and spend some time, like, trying on a ton of clothes with someone helping you for free. Figure that out. I mean, that's kind of a great place to start, right? It is a great place like, to start. every store has that. You can take advantage of that. Like, you can hire – you're not good at this. Like, hire it out. It, in the same way that, you know, you, you, you just literally go – you can call them up and do this. And you can do this from literally H&M to Saks Fifth Avenue and everywhere in between. Um, the other thing is, that's a great idea. 
That is a yeah, great, that is a great, great idea. It's free. It's really yeah. free. The, right. But what I tell women, if you're struggling to figure out like, who is your style? Like, who do you want to be? A great tool is Pinterest. Yeah. So like literally go through Pinterest and pin, like create a board and be like my style or inspiration mm-hmm. and just pin stuff that speaks to you, whether it be a color or a shape or a design or, you know, anything that speaks to you. And you will begin to see some patterns come to life in that board, right? Um, Like another great way is to go to a makeup counter at one of these stores and like, you know, ask them, those are free as well. Say, you know, I'd love to try some new colors and update my makeup bag. Right. And bring your current makeup bag with you. And oh my goodness, don't be afraid to try new lipstick. Uh, what annoys me to no end is like a woman will see, I've seen this a million times in my makeup and art artist and I laugh about this all the time. Like you'll get a woman super successful, like if this is not a cost issue and she will try on like 50 lipsticks and buy the nude clear lip gloss and then we'll be like, and then we'll, and then we'll like weigh three or four lipsticks, not based on price, but be acting like she's about to get a tattoo. And I want to like grab her and be like, it's lipstick. (laughs) Like it rubs off. Like you can hate it. You can wear, you can hate it. And like that we are so like gripped by our own fears on these. It is. That is so true. Or wearing the same, the same makeup colors for years. I mean, I have to confess it's a confession that <laughs> <laughs> two things. One is, as my daughter has got into her teenage years, she started to kind of go on, follow YouTubers and all this stuff and um, Instagrammers. And she started to get into asking questions about makeup. And it was her questions that prompted me to look at my makeup and realize I've been wearing the same color <laughs> eyeshadow for years. And, and, and to be honest, and the eyeshadow was something that was so close to my skin color that it was almost like it wasn't really are you really wearing eyeshadow particularly when i wear glasses so you can't even really see it through my glasses so it was it was her who's prompted me so now i've kind of got and i went i've gone in all urban decay on it and um which is my fave and the palettes that they've got three different palettes and so that's one and the other thing that is around the kind of as you speak about the lipstick is that just the willing willingness to be more playful around it and there's again lots of things online where you can teach you lots of people teaching you how to apply your makeup too and not to be afraid of doing that and being stuck but you're right we get so what we we are so um attached to this kind of safety that we have around our makeup, our clothes, that we, yeah, we could be more fear. experimental. Yeah. Yeah. There's this fear. And I think that, you know, and so one of the one of the things that I hope to inspire in women is to let go of this fear and to be more experimental. That there's joy in one of my favorite words in the entire I, I love words. I've mm. always loved words since I was a kid, but one of my favorite words in the entire universe is brave right and so if i can inspire women to be more brave in their choices that they're making about themselves and their lives then you know that's a life worth you know well lived yes yes well based 
I have just started a segment in the podcast, which is about just about that, what I call courageous moments, you know, yeah. what's the being, the being of um, being brave in our life that's coming from a heartfelt place. So I, I'm, pr I'm prompted now to ask you, you know, what has been one of the courageous moments for you then in your life and in whether, whether it's to do with style, it doesn't have to stay in the style space, but just generally. Yeah, I mean, I think starting the blog was one of my most courageous moments. I mean, I'm a lawyer by training. I was raised by, I was raised by two people who didn't go to college. And so mm -hmm. this idea that I was able to go to the college of my choice and then my parents sent me, my dad sent me to law school and I was a lawyer in New York city. And then suddenly I wanted to be a creative person. I wanted to take photographs and write and, um, you know, cook and do fitness videos and things like that. Like that was such a courageous moment. Like what will people think? And I also was raised by a group that said that if you want, like whatever you want to do, you need a certificate that says you can do it. Right? <laughs> you need some, you need someone else. You need to go to school and you need to go to school for a long time Yes. Before, and, and then get, get, get validated before you can do something. And we live in this environment that that's just not the case, right? Like you can do something time on task and get really good at it. There are so yes. many different ways where you can, there's the democracy of learning that's happening right now. You talk about with your daughter and the internet. So one of the courageous, most courageous things I've ever done was put my, I mean, my brand is really based on my, upon my lifestyle. Like I hate the word influencer because I'm not really influencing anyone. I'm creating a brand that's based upon me and like the habits I really have, you mm -hmm. know, I really do work out six days a week. Like I, and I have for 20 years, you know, I really do, you know, try to eat healthy and I really do think about the things that I put in my body. I really do. I really have studied style and tried to figure out you know, what silhouettes and everything looks great on me. And so, you know, this, when I started the blog, I had no idea would people laugh at me, you know, would, mm. you know, would, you know, would people call me silly? Would people see me as frivolous? Right. Would right. I, I mean, there was, it was a really, I mean, the people, the women I went to law school with, I'm super close with them. Like, what would they think of me? Like, what would, you know, what would my friends think? What would my, there was this moment of, you know, uh, and so, and, and literally every time somebody asked me about the, every time I open my mouth to tell someone about Jackie Unfiltered, mm -hmm. it's a moment of bravery. It is. It's a moment of bravery. It's like this, I take a deep breath to say, you know, w will they accept me? And why that is, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's true. It's true. So that's super brave. I think the other brave moment is that, you know, I lost, you know, I'm 41 years old and I've lost both of my parents right now. Mm -hmm. So I think the, 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 I, I lost my mom when I was super young. And so I'd become comfortable long ago sharing the story of that loss <clears throat> with other people, really in the hopes of inspiring them, right? right. That if I could, if, if I can get through this, so can you. And so the other, you know, really create, courageous thing is, you know, sharing my story of loss, mm -hmm. um, which is really not a story of loss. It's a story of joy and living, right? I think that what's happening, what I see particularly happening um, in the world right now, which is so frightening to me, is I think people are so caught up in, like, death 
and hate and meanness and loss that they're forgetting to live. And so, um, and so I, and I, and I, I have the privilege of saying that because I know loss, right? I know loss. My mother choked to death when she was 49 years old in an accident. I had a brother who was murdered in the South side of Chicago. My dad, my, you know, my dad just died of pancreatic cancer and the most, you know, I, I know loss. Like I, I get it. Like I know what the depth of despair is Mm -hmm. and what I feel like is happening is, is people are creating that, right? They're creating, like they're, they're, they, they're, they're kind of enjoying living in the depths of it when that's not it. Like, like, like loss is going to come to you live long enough. True loss is going to come to you. The kind of loss that like grips you and takes a hold of your heart and like squeezes your heart to the point where you can no longer breathe. That is loss, right? What is happening, you know, outside of you and, you know, you can be empathetic and sympathetic to people, but you can't get caught up in this chasm of grief all the time about what's happening in our world such that you aren't living. Right. Right. And that's not and you're not talking about like joy and happiness and light. And so, you know, every single time I tell my story of, you know, who I am, it's it's a brave moment. It's a brave moment for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it in this moment, because, wow, it is. um, It's that is a hard story that you've just shared. And. Um, and I really hear that, you know, whilst we can stand and, you know, deal with and grieve and live with our, with, live with the loss, how are we going to stand and uh, yeah. celebrate our life and be present to the gift that we're given each day that yeah. we wake up and what do we do with that? So we always have, you know, I say we have no control over some of our circumstances. We have control over a lot of our circumstances. There are things we don't have control over in our life, but we do have control over how we respond to what happens in our life. And and that's where the power is. I also think that you need to change the lens of how you look at what happens to you. So I think that for me, my loss has been really, death has been a gift to me, if it sounds, I know that sounds really morbid, but one of my favorite sayings that I say to people all the time is you cannot know light. You cannot experience light, the joy and the beauty of life until you know utter darkness, Mm. until you know it, until you know what darkness feels like on your skin. Right. Right. And I mean, not like, I mean, like, to, you know, like what it feels like, like you, 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 you so know darkness that when it gets close to you, you can smell it. Right. Like you, that's how much you know it. Until you experience that, you you can't you can't experience the joy of light, right? So when I meet someone, oh my God, when I meet someone who's in their 40s or their 50s and, you know, their claim to me is that nothing bad has ever happened to them or that nothing that they've had a charmed life, I have to be honest, I feel a little sorry for them because, you know, you, you can't really, because you don't really know that joy is temporary. And so you need to be soaking it up like in every way possible and every fiber of your being, because you need that to get through the darkness. And right. so in a lot of ways, I try to change the lens of 
you know, the death that I, the deaths that I have experienced are my biggest strength. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. Mm. It really is. And that, the, and that you, in, and, and also this, what you're giving away to others yeah. as well is to allow them to be present to that in their own lives and yeah. what you continue to give in the work that you're doing, whether you're working, whether that's your blog or whether that's your um, philanthropic work um, with the with the school, you know, whatever you're up to, that people are, are really getting that from you because you emanate it because you stand for that. You stand for joy in the world. You stand for light. You stand for um, going beyond Thank the you. Really tough really circumstances. Try. Yeah, I really try. And I also think you have to be, I have at least learned, this is one of the things that I've learned. Thank you for saying that in the last, I don't know, probably three years is that, and I've gotten better at it now. You know, every day is not a good day. And so if I can't show up as my best self, if what I'm doing is not compulsory, I don't go, right? That I I, I have allowed myself that space, that you know, if I can't show up and be a light and be a light, then what my body is really telling me is that I need that minute, right? I need mm -hmm. that minute to, and I give that self, I give that to me. You can't expect anybody else to give you grace if you don't give yourself grace. Right. You can't expect your children, your parents, your spouse, your friends. No one can give you more permission than you can give yourself. That, so you can't. say you can say you or you need to say that again. That last no, sentence. Yeah, no one can give you permission to be kind to yourself other than yourself. Right. You can't like if if your expectation is that everyone else I feel like so many people are expecting everyone around them to be kinder to them than they are to themselves. Right. Like, you're not even that nice to yourself. Right. That's right. And are you tuning in? You know, I really hear the 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 need for tuning in to yourself and really listening and responding. And I, and, and that's when, that's real self-care, you know? And I, yeah. listen, I'm guilty as well. I have to, you know, this is a, this is one of my, my areas that I need to pay attention for myself, you know, because I... I didn't call She's Got Drive for um, no reason other than it's who I am. You know, I'm, I've got yeah. a lot of drive. I can keep going. And sometimes I'm not paying enough attention to myself to say, you need to stop until it's, you know, until it feels too late. So it really is that the, we have to give ourselves up the permission to be kind, to be caring, to be loving to ourselves to have um as you talk about grace give grace to ourselves and that is something that I, I believe a lot of us can do do better do much much better and then when we can respond as you said if it's not if it's let's because sometimes let's face it, it is optional what we're doing or it we might have to disappoint some people sometimes but we we ought to take that um action and yeah, those are another yeah. courageous moments when we say speak yeah up for i ourselves. think when you when you allow yourself to disappoint someone like that's a courageous moment being okay with them being disappointed right. to give yourself space and the other thing is though in this um is 
when people are unwilling to adapt for you then i think it brings up a question too that's a that's a question for us in terms of our relationships with certain people you know are they willing to walk with you on the path that you want to be on now and if the answer to that is no because for whatever reason then 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 that's a question for you about the relationship and sometimes one of the things that that style does fashion does is or when people are going going through their own transformation and increasing confidence is sometimes people around them don't no longer feel comfortable around that and they want them to be their old self because that's where their comfort is and so if that's what's happening for people as well then to kind of be mindful of that and then that's a choice point for for people as they move forward well and i that what you bring up is such a great point and for that I think that you just need to look at nature. Like God created an environment for us that is constantly being pruned, right? Mm -hmm. I am not afraid to prune people from my life. Um, In fact, only people with good energy, good intentions that make me feel good are allowed in my inner circle. Right, right. And I I have had that hard and fast rule since my mother passed away. And it is such a rule for me that... You know, that rule applies whether we're related, whether I've known you my entire life or whether I've known you for five minutes. And because I'm so in tune to that, when I meet new people, I I can feel their energy. Right. And if I get a whiff of that bad energy, I just back away. Right. They're not people. Right. And then in, in similarly, like when people have been in your lives, I think that, you know, we're so afraid of this whole concept of pruning this whole idea of that like when you prune someone from your life it doesn't mean that the relationship that you've had is not important or significant or that the time that you've spent what you've it's exactly what you've just expressed it's that I've changed and so my needs have changed and you know what I need from people have changed and I just don't think that we can provide that right now for each other right right and that yeah so it's it's something about i really i really feel strongly that we can walk away from people with good grace again in in good standing in wishing them well in life you know so it doesn't have to be like a horrible split or anything like that but just to acknowledge that i'm growing and you're growing in certain different spaces and that with that then then we might need to make a choice about how our relationship is in the future. And so, but you doesn't mean that you wish them bad or anything, or they wish you bad. It's just like, this is different from yeah. what it used to be. And so, and then we can step, step but into the a different word future. That I would, the word that I would change is that we need to make a choice. Right. It's, I need to make a choice. I need to make a choice. Yes. Yes. I need yeah. to make the choice. Right. Because the choice needs to come from inside of me first. And then I need to be understanding if my choice, you know, is not in line with your behavior and where your life is going, you know, but I need to make a choice. Yes. And that I am entitled. And it's also I am entitled to construct who and what is in my life. I am a hundred percent in control of that. Right. 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 
at least as it relates to my personal, like business and your office and things like that. I mean, you know, you your coworkers are your coworkers, but how it relates to who I call family, right? Who I call friend, mm -hmm. who I show up for and who I decide can show up for me. Mm-hmm is in my control. Yes. You cannot get through the level of grief and loss and, you know, heartache and heartbreak that I've been through in, you know, a really short period of time. I'm only 41 years old. Right. And still get up and be joyous and smiling and loving and have the ability to make friends and make new friends and achieve and deal with 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 negative people in your life or with the wrong people in your life and I don't care how they've come by and so I'm agree I, I totally 100% with you on that I think it's really so important to surround yourself with people who are for you and you're for them and um oh I say who are for you winning in life you know and that you're for them winning in life. And when that's not there, yeah, no. <laughs> but, it, but I, but I, I, but I, you know, I think that what happens to a lot of people is that particularly women, they get stuck. They get stuck in these, you know, family and friendship relationships out of obligation, out of, you know, out of, out of just, you know, that's what's been their normal. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then therefore they're stuck in that relationship that's not good for them. And so that then falls out into being, they're stuck in clothes that don't work for them. They're right. stuck in makeup that looks ashy on their skin. They're stuck in like hairstyles that don't work for them. Like they're stuck I, in jobs that don't work for them. The, the, yeah. Stuck, they're I mean, stuck they're in stuck relationships. Yeah. Relationships. I mean, there is a, an eye, like, and the minute I started like diving into this whole idea of, you know, style and the food that you eat and, you know, and the, and the, and the clothes that you wear as being something that's like larger than those exact, than those things. And something that comes mm -hmm. from the inside, like you can see it. I can see it. My, you know, the people that I know that have, you know, th that are attached to food in an unhealthy way, it's because something else is happening in their life, right? right? It's because they haven't realized, you know, and we all, and, and so my whole point is that style is all of those different things, right? It, it just really is. And so I think that you, you, as women, we can't be afraid to evolve. And I think if there's one thing, I know you have a young daughter and I have tons of friends and, and, and young women, I know there's young women that follow me and they send me secret messages. If there's one, if there's one message I can leave them with, there's one thing that I can have that Jackie and Filter can have is to not live a life based on fear. I mean, it brings me to tears to know that, you know, young women are out there making decisions based on fear, Right. you know, based upon fear that. You know, I, I even, you know, there's so many people that aren't necessarily grown into the, they're, they're not born into the families that they're not born into the Waltons. They're not born into families that are going to be supportive of their dreams and, you know, who they want to be and necessarily. And so find new family. Yes. Find new people that can be your family. Don't be stuck in fear that you won't, you know, and I, 
And so that's the one thing that I want to be able to leave young women with that, you know, to leave a, lead a life worth of bravery. If there's something else that you could tell yourself as the younger you, um, what would, what would be that conversation that you'd be having to the younger Jackie? I would tell myself that you're going to be okay. Yes. I would say you're going to be okay. That's what I tell her. I'm like, you're going to be fine. You know, you're the sleepless nights and the anxiousness and the idea that, you know, you're not going to be enough that I'd say, you know, you're enough and you're going to be fine. You're enough. Surely you're making me cry. Like, I feel like I'm, like I'm crying. I, like that. Yeah. I would tell, you know, I'm tearing up. I tell mm. myself that. Mm. Yeah. I'd say you're enough. That's beautiful. Yeah. That that's what I is beautiful. I'm going to end there. And okay. um, thank you so much. You're for, welcome. Thank you so much. That was great. Really, really great. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so honored that you asked me to, and that you think I have something to contribute. You know, I, Jackie Unfiltered is something that I created out of my heart and my head. And every time somebody says that, you know, it's good or it's worthy or it's something, it just, you know, it makes me feel like I'm flying. And so I appreciate, thank you for seeing me. I, I appreciate that. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, there is so much to take away from this interview but and this time with Jackie, but there are two things that I'm left with. The first one is every woman should have a tailor on speed dial. Love that. Love that so much. And the second thing is, and most, I suppose, impactful is where we ended, is that you are enough and you're going to be okay. Um, God, if we could bottle that, if we could tattoo that on all of us, that statement on all of us that you are enough and you're going to be on okay, if you knew that in your bones, what would you do in life? You know, what? how would you take on life I'm thinking of that myself you know sometimes I don't think I'm enough you know and it stops me from taking some actions and and doing certain things and I become hesitant and um, you know I, I figure out what I need to do to get beyond that but there are things today where I know I'm holding that conversation that is stopping me that's in my way and so you are enough and you're going to be okay you know, is an important message. And I'm taking that on in certain areas of my life. And I invite you to kind of reflect for yourself. Like if you were holding that for yourself, you are enough and you're going to be okay. What would life give you this year? You know, I love to hear from you. You can contact me through my Instagram account. You can contact me at Shirley McAlpine. You can contact me through the Facebook page. You can contact me through my website, ShirleyMcAlpine.com. And uh, be in touch and let me know um, what's going on with you. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome all-female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well.